squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump, or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. The money pit is presented by Jaws, Home Advisor, Centurion Tools, and Greenworks. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're so glad you're here. What are you working on this weekend? If it's your house, your home, your apartment, your condo, you are in the right place because that's what we do. We're here to help you get those projects done right the very first time out of the gate. So think about what you'd like to work on and call us right now at one eight 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 money pit coming up on today's show as we move closer to spring we also move closer to spring storms which can bring on mold but is getting rid of that mold a project that's diy or do you need a pro the answer is it depends we're going to share some diy tips to help you clear the air let you know what you can tackle what you can't tackle without uh, making yourself unsafe in just a bit And with all the concerns about viruses right now, it's a good time to think about the products that we're using to disinfect our homes because all disinfectants are not created equal. We're going to share some tips on a product that you can mix yourself that's hospital-grade and earth-friendly. And are you planning for some early spring plants? Mulch is a great insulator. You're going to need it. But if you put on too much, you'll suffocate that growth. We're going to walk you through the best practices in just a bit. Plus, we're going to fill your garden shed with some new tools this hour because we're giving away two great tools from Centurion. We've got their premium bypass pruner and anvil lopper. They're both so durable that they'll be super useful this spring and for many springs to come. Those tools are worth over 50 bucks, but they're going out to one listener drawn at random. Make that you. Call us with your home improvement question now at 888-MONEYPIT. That's 888-666-3974. Or you can post your question at moneypit.com. So let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Joe and Georgia, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today with tankless questioning? What's going on? Based on the the high capital cost and the fact that uh, natural gas prices seem to be at an all-time low, uh, what is the return on investment or payback period, and does the federal government still offer tax credits? Second part of that question, um, is the annual maintenance contract that the installers offer really needed? Okay, well, first of all, the tax credits are less and less today. I believe there are some still some small tax credits. I do like tankless water heaters for a number of reasons, though. First of all, they last a lot longer than a standard tanked water heater. Secondly, they're really energy efficient, and you never run out of hot water. Very very important to me, since I've got two teenagers in my house. If I'm the third one to get in the shower, forget it. It's not going to happen. So I like the fact that they never run out of hot water. Uh, And I think if you compare the cost of tankless against not a standard inefficient tank water heater, but a high-efficiency tank, water heater, you will find that the difference is not that far apart. Um, The contractor service contract, look, you need to have this thing serviced like anything else. I I don't think it needs a a big expensive contract. What it's typically going to need is a yearly service. And so I would have to probably judge that against what this contract covered. If the contract covered all of my gas appliances in the house and I felt like it was reasonable, I might do that only for the reason that we know that these gas appliances need service because they burn dirty and they eventually have to be cleaned. 
Uh, but I will say that these newer, more efficient ones need a lot less maintenance than the older, inefficient ones ever did. Okay. I guess what, I, what I'm hearing out there on the, um, on the installers is um, these are standalone service kinds. And, and if you compare that to a traditional hot water heater, you typically don't see any service required. And I think the capital is maybe 10x difference. I mean, it may, it may be $800 for maybe 900 for a hot water heater. And you're looking, I think, upwards of four thousand dollars. I should say. Yeah, that sounds a little. That sounds a little crazy. I'm not seeing that. I mean, what I'm seeing is, if you bought a high efficiency tank water heater, it might be fifteen hundred bucks, and if you bought a tankless water heater, it might be you know two grand or something of that nature. Uh, I'm sure you're going to run into contractors that are really driving the prices up and trying to create, you know, charge you crazy money for service contracts and things like that. You just might not be talking to the right guys, Joe. You endorse any particular manufacturer? Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of good ones out there. I mean, Renai makes a good one. Reem R H E E M makes a good one. I'd take a look at those. We're talking about gas, right? Yeah, natural gas. Yeah, I would take a look at Renai and Reem. Okay, excellent. Two good brands. Okay, Joe. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Heading to Minnesota, where Beth is doing some work in the bathroom, and you want some toilet help. What's going on? The toilet kept running. The water kept running into it. So I decided to install a new field valve and flapper. And I measured everything, and I followed the instructions, and I did solve the original problem, but now I developed a new one. When when I flush it, the water goes into the bowl okay, except now anything in the bowl goes to the top of the bowl, almost to the rim. And then when the tank itself is filled, then the bowl goes down slowly and it flushes, but then it only leaves a little water in the bowl. So I called the manufacturer and um, talked to them. He said, well, try plunging it because it might be a clog. So I did that. I tried hot water and bleach to see if I could get that, if it is a clog. And nothing has worked. And I don't know what to do. I give up. I mean, that's what happens typically in a clog is it'll fill to the top and then the tank will fill and then it'll, you know, that suction force will just bring everything down. Yeah. And and the ones that are the trickiest to diagnose is when you have a partial clog where you have some water that's getting passed, but not a lot. So I wonder if something uh, is uh, is lodged in either the trap of the toilet or the line beyond that. And really the next step is to have a plumber come out and do a drain cleaning of that. I'll tell you a funny story about how this happened when uh, when my kids were younger. We had a, a toilet that was clogged in a downstairs bathroom. And I outside this bathroom, we had a willow tree. And I knew that the willow tree roots used to get into the plumbing line, so I immediately assumed that that was what it was. And I went outside and dug up my yard and found the pipe clean out, which was a couple of feet below the surface. And I snaked one way and snaked the other way, and I, I couldn't find any clog. So um, I thought, well, maybe it's between the pipe break uh, and the toilet. So I decided to pull the toilet off. And don't you know that when I did that, I turned it over and noticed something blue in the bottom of the toilet. And of course, you're not supposed to have anything blue in a ceramic toilet. It turned out to be a little toy telephone that one of my kids had dropped down there that was letting just enough water through um, to uh, to trick us. And so you never know what's going to be in there. And if you have a partial obstruction like that, that could explain for what's happening. Okay. Well, the only thing I can do then is to get a plumber. Yep. You don't want a carpenter, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Beth, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. 
Plus, every spring, we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. Jay in North Carolina is dealing with a supreme oopsie on a countertop. What happened? Well, I don't know. I purchased the property about a year ago, and actually I have my son living there. Uh, He's graduating from a college in the Raleigh area, and he's living in in the apartment, and it's wonderful. The only problem is there's a, a burn hole on the laminate countertop. Now, you know, Jay, there's a story behind that, but, of course, your son hasn't... Yeah, your son hasn't coughed it up yet, I'm sure. Well, no, 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 this is before he moved in, but anyway, <laughs> it's <right>. okay. <laughs> my my point is it's like right out in the middle of the thing, so it's this big burn hole, and I was just wondering, is there a way I can cut it out? 
and then put another patch of laminate over it. It's a, it's in butcher block style. Well, the good news is that you could do a, a built-in countertop and a, a built-in cutting board or a built-in piece of marble. And if you do it in something that's complementary, look, it may be a little bit weird to have a cutting board on the finished side of the countertop like that, but it'll certainly look like it was always intended to be there, and you'll get away with it. The other thing that you could do is you could relaminate the countertop. You can't fix the burned surface because the plastic's been damaged. So that's not something that's possible. You can't cut in a new piece of laminate because it'll be patchy and it'll look lousy. What you could do is you could put a new piece of laminate across the entire surface. So you're keeping the structure of the countertop, but you're gluing a new piece of laminate on top of that. Installing laminate's not that difficult if you have some basic DIY skills. You would scuff up the the original surface. You would apply contact cement to both the new laminate and the old laminate. You would lay it down and you would press it from the middle on out to get out any air bubbles and rub it all out. And then with a with a router and a special laminate trimming bit, you would trim the laminate edge very clean to the the existing edge of the top. And you'd have a brand new laminate surface when you were all done. It's best if you can take the old top off temporarily to do this so that you don't have to work around walls and that sort of thing. But it's not hard to do. And that's one way to have to avoid to to get it repaired without without having to physically replace the whole thing. Does that make sense? Excellent idea. Thank you so much. Appreciate your help. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, now that it is almost spring, I'm sure that you might appreciate having a couple of extra spring gardening tools in your shed or your gardening bucket or your garage or your house or your apartment. Whether you're a container gardener or a big go-all-the-way gardener, you could probably use these tools we're giving away this hour from Centurion Brands. We have got the large-to-small grip premium bypass pruner which is pretty cool because it adjusts basically to the size of your grip. There's like a switch and it flips and it's just really neat and it handles branches up to one inch thick. It's perfect for a whole bunch of different cutting and pruning jobs. It's got high carbon blades. It stays sharp longer and they're Teflon coating. Don't you hate when you clip something and the blades get stuck and the thing doesn't open again? That's not going to happen with this new tool from Centuria Brands, the Small Grip Premium Bypass Bruner. They're also giving us an Anvil Lopper to give away, so that package is worth 50 bucks. Going to go out to you if you pick up the phone and call us, and we draw your name at the end of the show. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Give us a call with your home improvement question. We'll toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat, and it might be sending that gardening tool package to you. Carolyn, Arkansas is on the line with a septic system question. How can we help you today? Okay, I have a septic system, and uh, we've had a lot of rain here. Um, oh, probably the last maybe three months or so, it's been like a lot of rain. And I'm in the uh, kind of the rice land of Arkansas. It's very uh, wet ground. Okay. So anyway, um, I was having trouble when I would flush the commode. Uh, it now never ran over, which I'm very grateful for, but... The water wasn't going down, okay? And, I mean, it would go down eventually, but maybe take 20 minutes or more. Okay, does everything else in your house drain normally? Is it only the commode that you're having a problem with? It's, uh, well, the commode and um, and the, the sink in the bathroom. Well, but do we know that it's the septic system? There could be an obstruction in the drain, and that's the first thing I'd look at. Okay. Um, I did have uh, some fellows out and a reputable company, and they did pump out um, 120 gallons 
Well, you, that's but that you're you're always going to have 120 gallons. The septic tank fills up with water; it overflows into the field. So pumping out 120 gallons doesn't really tell me anything. What I want you to do is to have the lines checked because I suspect there's nothing wrong with your septic that you may have an obstruction. Let me tell you a, a story about a guy who had a, a toilet that was having a slow drain problem. Uh, this guy was having a party and was doing this big cleanup for you know before all the relatives showed up the next day. And so the toilet backed up, and so he figured out that he thought it was a root problem. And so he got up early the next morning and dug this huge hole in his ground to get down to this pipe and then snaked it one way, snaked it the other way, couldn't find any roots in the way, went back into the bathroom, decided that the obstruction had to be between the hole that he dug in his ground and the bottom of the toilet. And so he took the toilet tank off of the floor and looked down into it and tried to snake that out and couldn't find a problem. But in the process of taking the toilet off the floor, he happened to look into the bottom of the toilet and noticed that there was something blue there. Now, there's nothing that's really supposed to be blue that's in a toilet. It turns out that his darling son had dropped a toy phone down the toilet, and that's what was slowing the whole thing down. So this guy had dug up his whole yard, took his toilet apart, all to try to find out what was causing this problem and hurried to get it done before all the relatives showed up and it turned out to be a toy that was stuck in the toilet itself. So I'd say that guy was a real idiot and <laughs> that guy was me. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I've heard this story before. I'm like, why do I think this was you, I was Tom? completely wrong on why I thought that, that I figured I was smarter than the average uh, home, homeowner and knew that it thought it was the willow tree that had clogged the pipes. It had nothing to do with that. Right. It was just a simple toy that was stuck in the crux of the toilet that I couldn't see. And we finally got that off, put the whole thing back together, threw the dirt back in the hole, and, and, and then headed off to get ready for the party. <laughs> so you never know well, why <laughs> your toilet is clogging. And I wouldn't always think it's the most expensive possible thing, which is your septic system. Have the lines checked. Okay. Who knows? Maybe you'll find uh, something that got stuck in there. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, finding mold in your home can be pretty scary, but while many molds are generally harmless, some can contain mycotoxins and can be harmful, which is why it's smart to identify the source of a mold problem and take those steps to remove it. We're going to tell you how in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. First, need to consider this, is removing mold a DIY project or one that requires the specialized skills of a pro? The answer is, it depends. But generally, if the area is small enough, mold removal can very well be a project you can do yourself. So here's what you need to know to get started. Before you think about whether to fight the mold battle yourself, it's important to understand that enemy. Mold does tend to thrive in moist and damp environments, but those mold spores, they can spread very quickly and easily through the air. Now, there are a number of ways to treat or go about mold removal, but it's important to know that the EPA recommends hiring a pro if the affected area is more than 10 square feet. So roughly three by three, maybe a bit more, but maybe a bit bigger in size. Now, if you are a DIYer who wants to clean up a moldy problem, here are some tips that you should follow. Remember, you've got to always wear proper safety equipment, including eye protection, masks, and non-porous gloves. Removing mold and non-porous materials such as tiles, glass, or countertops, this is what you're going to use, all right, guys? You want bleach and water. So mix at a ratio of one cup bleach to one gallon of water. Apply with a spray bottle or a sponge. You want to let it dry. Do not rinse it off 
unless it's an often used surface or it's a spot that your kids or pets have access to. Now, if you're trying to remove mold from a porous material, you want to use borax for that. And you need to mix one cup borax to one gallon of water, apply with a spray bottle or a sponge, scrub clean, wipe away any excess moisture or mold particles, and then allow it to dry. Now, after you're done cleaning your mold, be sure to prevent future mold. Check out our post, 10 Tips on Having a Mold-Free Home. It's online right now at moneypit.com. And that's today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. With HomeAdvisor, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area and book appointments online all for free. No matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. Jeff in Nebraska's working on a vegetable garden. How can we help you? I want to make like a raised garden bed and use like wood logs. But I don't know what kind of, what the best wood is to use so I'm not having to, you know, so it doesn't get eaten away and I have to reuse or redo it every couple of years. So when you're saying wood logs, you want something that looks more natural? Yeah, I mean, what I want to do is, is raise the bed up and use, use it kind of as a border. Right, I got that. But you want something more decorative rather than just pressure-treated lumber boards that really do serve the purpose of containing the wood and raising the bed. Something a little decorative. First of all, you want treated wood because if you have untreated wood, it's going to rot. In terms of your options on treated wood, the most common option would be to use a pressure-treated tie. Now, ties are available in either 4 by 4 or 6 by 6 and they look pretty rustic. And when you put them down, they're going to be kind of greenish, and they'll look unnatural. But, you know, give it uh, a few months, it'll start to gray out Mm -hmm. and blend in. And dry out, even. And dry out, yeah, and blend in with the surrounding area. That's going to be the easiest, most cost-effective way to go. And you can pick up those ties at home centers, and they're really not very expensive because they're designed to be decorative and sit in the ground. They're not; It's not the same kind of pressure-treated lumber you might use if you're building like a retaining wall or something of that nature. It's basically just designed to be a border surround for a garden or a pool or something like that. Okay. Um, when I put it down, am I going to have to uh, – say if I got two or three stacked up, am I going to have to drill through them and spike something into the ground? Uh, good question. Now, if if – if you're going to have two or three of them stacked up, you're going to what you're going to want to do is obviously alternate the the uh, the joints so that you have uh, one long one go across two smaller ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then once it's all done, you can pre-drill and put in some long. They have 12 inch spikes that you drill through those. So you get a long drill bit, pre-drill it, and then put a couple of spikes, and that will hold it all together nice and neat. But you'll also find that the weight of them, the sheer weight and the strength of them. Uh, is pretty sturdy by itself. But if you want to really tack it together, you can do that with long spikes. Or you could toenail it on an, on an angle with, like, number 12 common nails okay. towards the base just to kind of keep everything in place. So if I just nailed them together and then had the, had the dirt up against them, they shouldn't go anywhere? That's right. They're pretty, they're pretty sturdy. Okay. Well, that answers all my questions. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, with all the concerns about viruses these days, it's important to keep in mind ways to reduce viruses and other germs that can land on surfaces in your home. 
Now, two terms we often hear about when it comes to this are disinfectants and sanitizers, but they mean different things. Now, Disinfectants are antimicrobial agents designed to inactivate or destroy microorganisms on those solid surfaces. Basically, they're going to kill whatever they come across. Sanitizers, on the other hand, are products that both clean and disinfect. Well, that's right. And that's why in our house we use the JAWS disinfectant cleaner because it does it all. It cleans, it deodorizes all those surfaces on like floors and walls and stainless steel, countertops, appliances, you name it, even doorknobs. You know, that's like one spot in the house, which if you think about it, is probably one of the germiest because everybody's touching it and get pretty grimy. But most importantly, we use it because it's a hospital-grade disinfectant and it's going to work against a broad spectrum of bacteria and viruses and it's going to inhibit the growth of mold and mildew too. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The product is also environmentally friendly. JAWS stands for Just Add Water because it's sold as a concentrate. Now, when you buy the product, you're going to get a solid plastic bottle and a refill pod. You just fill the bottle with water and then insert the pod, which releases the concentrate. It's a great way to avoid having to buy heavy bottles of cleaners, and it's a lot easier on the environment because you're not throwing away a ton of plastic bottles. Check out Jaws Disinfectant Cleaner and the full line of Jaws products at JawsCleans.com. And if you want to save some money, just use the promo code MONEYPIT at checkout for a big 25% discount. That's JawsCleans.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Anastasia in Colorado's on the line with a bathtub question. What's going on? Well, I have a um, tub drain. I'm trying to get that out, the drain out, because... It's, you know, I can't put a plug in it now. So what I've tried is the uh, drain remover tool, or it's a plug wrench, and then I also tried the flaring tool to get it out, and neither one of them works because the the little crosshairs in the bottom aren't still in there. Oh. Because it's like from 1960 tub. So you have nothing to grab onto, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So I've tried to get... WD-40 in there underneath the tray, but I can't reach under there. And then I could crawl under the house, but I don't want to do that. (laughs) So I was trying to think of a better way of getting it out. If I understand it correctly, this normally would unscrew, but what you're driving, what you're trying to grab onto is either stripped or completely gone. Correct. I have only two suggestions for you. Um, Number one is to hire a plumber, which is probably you didn't need me to tell you that, but I will say that the plumbers are deal with this kind of thing all the time. And secondly, um, if, if I was a plumber and I was faced with this and, and there was absolutely no other way to get this off, I would probably drill it off and chisel it away, which you can do with a cold chisel. And it's not a pleasant process and it's time consuming and kind of a pain in the neck, but when all else fails and you just got nothing to grab onto, that's a way to get it done. All right, that's what I thought, but I thought you might have a little trick up your sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a trick, but it's a lot of hard work. Anastasia, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, now that it's warming up, it's feeling a bit more like spring, Leslie, and we're going to head outside and tackle some gardening. We've got a great uh, set of tools to give away, don't we? That's right. We've got it for grabs from Centurion Brands, the large to small grip premium bypass pruner. It's great because depending on your comfort level when you're using tools around the yard, you know, I might like something that has a smaller grip. Tom likes something that feels larger in the hand. This with the flip of a switch will allow you to have that comfort while still tackling those projects around the garden. It's got a high carbon blade, so it stays 
sharper, longer. And the blades are also Teflon coated, so smooth cuts on those branches without sticking. And we're adding in an anvil lopper, so you've got two premium tools to help you with all your spring, even your summer and fall yard work. This package of Centurion products worth over 50 bucks going out to one listener drawn at random. Make that you. Post your question at moneypit.com or call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Frank in North Carolina on the line who's dealing with a flooring project. Tell us what you're working on. Yeah, I had some uh, flood damage to uh, the building and uh, uh, had three-quarter inch wafer board in it and I heard place for three-quarter inch plywood. I wanted to put down wood plank flooring, and I'm wondering if I need to put down underlayment before I put down the wood plank or just use adhesives and nails on it. You want to put down pre-finished or raw wood plank flooring? Raw. Do you want to put down unfinished wood flooring? Well, typically, all you do is lay down rosin paper. Do you know what that is? Rosin paper, okay. It's like that pink roll of paper that you find in, it's usually in the flooring or the roofing section, somewhere in the home center. Yeah, it just gives, kind of, it gives you a clean surface to start on, and then you'll nail right through that. You don't glue the flooring down. You nail it down with a – with you can rent a nail gun, a flooring gun, so, so you get the nails in because, you know, the nails have to be driven at an angle into the tongue of the floor. So you rent a nail gun and, and go from there. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, if you're getting ready to plant some new trees or bushes this spring, adding mulch can both protect its roots and prevent weed growth. Yep, but there can be too much of a good thing when it comes to mulch, at least when it's applied the wrong way. So here's a few things to think about. First, you want to avoid creating what we call a mulch volcano, layers of mulch that build up into sort of a volcano-looking dome that totally covers the tree's root flare. Now, there's another word to understand, root flare. That's where the trunk of the tree sort of swells outward and transitions into the root system. You don't want to cover that because when mulch is piled above that root flare, the primary root system can be suffocated. And over time, that lack of oxygen to those roots can really cause bark to fall off and eventually kill the tree. Now, this can also happen when you apply mulch year after year and you just sort of let it build up. Well, if you've already got a mulch volcano at home, here's what you need to do to fix it. You need to remove the mulch until that root flare is visible at the ground level. Then you've got to check for secondary roots that have grown upwards over the root flare and into that mulch volcano. If you find it, it does indicate that the primary root system is suffocating, and that can kill the tree over time. Now, you need to cut away those secondary roots that have grown over the tree flare. So if you want to apply mulch the right way, don't just dump a wheelbarrow full of mulch. Use your hands so you can gauge the depth. Don't put on more than about two inches of mulch total. And whatever you do, don't cover that root flare. See, now you learned a new word. And not how not to apply too much mulch. 888-666-3974. Just another piece of useless knowledge, courtesy of the Money Pit. Diane in Arizona needs some help with air conditioning. And being in Arizona, you're going to need some air conditioning. <laughs> how can we help you? I had um, a settlement with the insurance company because we had a storm here, and I got my air conditioner got damaged, and it was 10 years old, and it's a central air. I have uh, electric for air conditioning, and uh, for heat, we have gas. And when I don't, I do not have a computer, so I hear about different units like York, Goodman, Train, a Linux. I don't know which ones are good, which ones are bad. Which ones last longer? First of all, are you only replacing the outside condensing unit, or are you also replacing the furnace and the air handler or any of the inside parts? 
Everything. Everything. Okay. Because it's important for maximum efficiency that what you put outside matches what you put inside the house. And because they're, they have to work together, or you don't get the same efficiency. I think the train is a very good brand to start with. T-R-A-N-E. Good quality product. Um, lots of great options and very energy efficient. It's going to be real important, Diane, that you choose one that is Energy Star rated. I'm sure they all are with Train, but even if you go to a different brand, um, if you compare Energy Star rated units against other Energy Star rated units, at least you have a basis for comparison. At least you know that you're getting uh, the same level of energy efficiency. But Train is a good place to start, and uh, now's a great time to get this project done before it gets too hot. That's wonderful to know because there's a lot out there. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Julie in Chicago wrote us on the Money Pit Facebook page, and she says, should you leave the washing machine door or lid open when the machine is not in use? Leslie, what do you do about that? You always close it? I mean, I always close it. I've always just been in the habit of closing it just because I feel like I'm going to be the first person to walk into something, you know, knock something over. The dog is going to get in it. But having boys, boys get into everything. Boys want to lock yeah. each other and everything. So if I leave <laughs> that washing machine door open, that is just an invitation for the big brother to lock the small brother in there. And maybe it's a joke, but <laughs> it's, a, it's another cave. You know, it's like so for me with kids in the house, I'm always closing everything. Yeah, I, I agree, too. We've always closed it. But I will say, especially with the high-efficiency machines, and maybe if you don't have the kid problem, leaving them open helps them dry out quicker. Because one issue with those high-efficiency machines is they tend to grow some mold or moss or algae around the seal. Oh, I've heard and this. it kind of stinks. It can really smell, right? So if you let them dry out quicker, that's probably less likely to happen. Maybe it's a bit better for the machine. But safety first, if you've got kids of your own or perhaps you have kids that visit, uh, always a good idea to, to shut that lid. Julie, so hope that helps you out. All right, next up, Andrew wrote on Facebook, my shower keeps dripping often when we shower or when we do the laundry. The laundry is on the other side of the wall. The house is six years old. Our water bill doesn't seem to be going up, but do you have any suggestions on how to fix this? Yeah, Andrew, that is usually caused by what's called the diverter valve, and that's the valve that basically diverts the water. Once you set that temperature between hot and cold for your shower, it diverts it up to the faucet, the shower head, I should say. So that diverter, or it could be the shower valve itself, is causing the problem. It's more of an annoyance at this point. It's not really wasting all that much water as you've discovered, uh, but the repair would probably re- require you to contact a plumber and have that valve Replace. So, of course, that's not inexpensive to begin with. You're probably looking at at least a two or three hundred dollar trip by the time you pay for even a basic part uh, and the and the, the labor itself. So, uh, not to worry too much about it. Just kind of like I said, uh, an annoyance. If you can deal with it, uh, then do. If not, you're looking at a small expense to have it replaced. All right. Next up, Stephanie writes: Is there an online store or any local stores that will accept a photo of your rooms and give suggestions on remodeling the rooms? So I think she's asking about decorating and remodeling. I mean, ask anybody; they'll give you remodeling advice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we made a whole show out of that. Do you want to ask the right people, though, Stephanie? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I think for photo submissions, something like that, the most that I'm familiar with, there's a couple of websites. One is Modsly and the other is Decorist. Now, Modsly, you submit a photo and they will then 3D render your, your actual room, you know, with new paint colors, new furnishings, new decorative items to be like, Hey, this is what the room could look like from 
from an interior design styling standpoint and the cost of these items. Um, Decorist does the same. You could be like, hey, I like this room. How can I make my room look similar to that? I'm not familiar with a design surface, uh, a design service online that offers, you know, send me a photo and I'll say knock down this wall. But definitely a start if you're looking for some, you know, new decorating advice. Check out those two sites. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. We are so glad you're here. Thanks so much for spending this part of your day with us. We hope we've been able to help you out with some tips and ideas on projects to tackle around your house and things you need to get done or want to get done just to improve your space. Remember, if you've got questions, we welcome those 24-7 at 888-MONEY-PIT. If we're not in the studio, we will call you back the next time we are. You can also post your questions to moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit.